fucked up thing is that Nestle is like, you know, we're going to run this donation fund and and you can buy bottles of water uh, from Nestle in order to provide it to Flint, Michigan. And we care so much about Flint, Michigan. But um, Nestle owns like most aquifers in Michigan. I, I, did, I didn't know that uh, I didn't know that Nestle was involved because you know that they're probably the most evil corporation oh, yeah, in the far. world when it comes to water, right? <laughs> and that they want to like privatize water, just like just like when it comes to anything. Like they they argued that that water wasn't a right; it was a need, right? Like the um, the idea that you should even be deserving of water. It's like it's it's horrific. What's wrong with privatizing water, Jared? Kami? I don't know. It's what? uh. It's, it's, it's just, only it's only something that human beings need to live. Well, no, they don't. We not, need not I. We need lots of things to live, but that's another. That's an entirely <laughs> only, different discussion. Only liberals need water to live. Uh, You've yeah. lost the crowd. No almost yet. Have you guys here, here's the, have you guys ever seen the? Uh, there's a video online where this guy uses the life straw. Do you know what the life straw is? <laughs> it's the life straw. So the life straw is this. It's a really cool device. You stick it in uh, like sewage, for example. And you and you suck up through it, and it filters out everything. Oh, and you gotta you, be kidding! Me. All you get is the water. And uh, this guy takes it around and he tests it everywhere. He tests uh, it. He tests it in a urinal. He tests it in a puddle. He uh, tests uh, it in a dirty toilet. And every time he uses it, up comes water. Just regular old clean water. Uh huh. Oh. And yeah, probably some poop. It's a super. It's really really cool. I don't know how much they cost or what they. Uh, you know how they work, or really anything other than I just know I watched a guy drink out of a urinal uh, through the life straw. So it's it's like that thing um, with the Water World when the movie opens up and you see him pissing into the little filter thing, and then he drinks his uh, his clean water. I mean, fuck, pretty much, yeah. Like, goddamn, it's twenty bucks at Cabela's. We can all go get one right now. We'll have gills in no time. We could be drinking out of toilets tonight. <laughs> Love piss water. <laughs> well, it doesn't have piss Just in like it your anymore. Dogs. Your your straw filters it out. You're not drinking piss. Hey, welcome to the Enemy Slime Podcast. By the way, <laughs> your number one source on urine drinkingness. Enemy uh, piss podcast. I am your usual host, Jared, and I'm joined today by Mr. J. Joseph Jr. Yep, I'm here. Mr. Doug Wilson. Hey, that Zeke virus is probably pretty bad. Don't have babies. Oh yeah, that one's pretty <laughs> bad too. And Mr. Michael Mahoney. Hey, everybody. How are you doing tonight? Uh, you'll notice that we did not do a second Greatest Hits uh, podcast, partially because uh, there weren't any more great hits. I went and I listened to them all. They're, they're, we got them all. We nailed it. So, I, f- I feel like we were actually kind of stretching it with one episode. Yeah, uh, we, we definitely we had to reach back into the archives. Uh, kind of awful. Jason reached out to me and said it was, uh, did he say it was an abomination? I think he said it was an abomination. Uh, so, yeah, well, you contributed to that abomination, Jason. No, no, it was no, worse no, no, than the no Holocaust. Shows. You said it was worse than the Holocaust. That's actually Which a very Jason, real. that's a very Jason thing to say, <laughs> actually. Um, let's jump, let's jump right into the news here. Uh, big news today, breaking news, like just happened just now. Everyone's favorite game, Vendetta Raven's Cry, has just barely left Steam for the second time in a row no no it's the first time okay right so it's the first time vendetta has left steam but the second time raven's cry has left steam uh to those who are just catching up raven's cry is a garbage pirate game uh jay can probably attest to just how garbage um, no it's it's very garbage did you did you get a refund for it did you do this i got yeah i got i got a full refund for it i made i i played just under the two hour mark 
so I can make some informed criticisms in which I believe I call them pieces of shit. And then I got my full refund. What uh, What did you plop down for that bad boy? Fifty bucks? Yeah, it was, it was like fifty. It was a lot for it was a lot for a game on Steam. That's a tall order in general uh, for for most stuff, uh, but for Raven's Cry, it's something real special. Now you, I, I, I'm still. This is so fresh. I'm not really seeing a lot on Google. But you said you found something saying the parent company went out of business. So not that they went out of business, but the parent company has filed for bankruptcy. Ah. Um, now, I can't read the website because it's in German, but I'm told that's like basically the gist of it. I, it's got a ton of pictures of Raven's Cry and all that kind of stuff. Let me see if I can find a Google Translate of this real quick. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to track down their Steam community. Uh, can't cause... trust Germans to make a quality product. Who can you trust? Okay, the Steam community is still up, but nobody's mentioning <laughs> Zero in I, group I, chat. <laughs> I, 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 feel like, I feel like people kind of stopped caring about raven's cry like a long time ago oh here we go this forum oh no that's november i i don't even know uh yeah i saw, I saw that their last kind of um update was right around when i got my refund for the game like nope. i gave i gave the the i gave the game a fair chance i waited for them to update it and they updated it with a bunch of bullshit um, nobody's even posted in their forums since january 14th so <laughs> i i guess no one's gonna notice that this game's gone i think we're the only people who who actually care um, oh, there's um, let's see, there's a thread called third release. Um, it's been removing moving Steam for a third time to remove all the reviews again. Oh, they're talking about a bunch of banned people. So never. Oh, wow, everyone's been banned from this forum. All right. Well, <laughs> the, the the long and short of it is that uh, if you wanted to buy Raven's Cry, now you can't. Do you think maybe this will become something where like boxed copies of this game will become like a rarity? So this is this is this is a great thing. Increase so, in value. I, I followed Curse of Raven's Cry for a long time, and um, I'm not sure how long it's been in development, but it's been in de- development a while. When they first announced this game, the very first trailers were. Um, just this group of bars singing shanties, like really dirty shanties, to show that this game was like edgy and it's not, you know, your typical pirate game and all that kind of shit. Um, and that's all they had. And they promised something that was, that sounded like a really kind of cool collector's edition. Uh, you got like a treasure map, you got a compass, you got a ton of other pirate tools, um, a treasure chest, all this kind of shit. You know, it's actually really, really cool stuff. So they announced it all. Um, and they just have problems releasing, so they have to keep pushing the release date back, keep pushing it back, keep pushing it back, and finally they push it back to the point that no one really gives a shit anymore, so no one's covering them. And they release on Steam, um, like in 2013, no, sorry, 2014, around the winter, like like in December or November, something like that. They release quietly on Steam, and then the collector's edition never goes out. Uh, they, they remove all the retail versions, like all the physical retail versions from American Amazon. You can still get them on UK Amazon, but uh, if you search on America's Amazon, you can't find it anymore. It's tragic. Uh, and then they start creating a ton of excuses. They, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they start creating a ton of excuses, like, oh, we have all the collectors ready to go. They're sitting in a warehouse. They're ready to ship. We're going to ship them any day now. And uh, they never ship. They take down the original Raven's Cry off of Steam, and they're like, okay, we fucked up, but we're going to make a better version this time and re-release it. Uh, they release it about a little under a year later. It's not a full year, but a little under a year later, they, they re-release it, which is the version I play Vendetta. Of course, there's no mention of the physical copies. By now, 
I think all pre-orders have disappeared. And in fact, Amazon had to refund every single pre-order that they had on their site, whether it was UK or otherwise. Then they released this uh, Vendetta's Curse of Ravens Cry, and they're like, oh, this is it, guys. This is the, this is the fixed version. We did good this time. You see a ton of positive reviews on, on their Steam page. Um, it's like, yeah, it's incredible. They really did their shit. You go in there, and you find out the one change that they made to the game. Like, literally only one change. They added animals. So nice. before <laughs> there were no animals, now you can find, like, alligators and monkeys and shit. That sounds delicious. Uh, so after the, um, you know, after the after the initial out after the initial kind of um, posts that are like, oh yeah, this game is solid. You realize those are a lot of sock puppet accounts. It's probably a bunch of their friends, a lot of broken English. So, um, you know, this is kind of suspicious since I'm accessing the North American version of Steam. Uh, finally, the negative reviews start piling up once again because they didn't fix shit. Um, and then I guess I don't know. I guess well, as we're searching around today to see what's up. Just because I kind of accidentally clicked on my review, we find out that Raven's Cry is gone again. Oh, great. Uh, (laughs) It's by Topware. It's the circle of life. And it's by Topware, and Topware actually did put out Jack Orlando. Oh, that's right. I remember you mentioning that. So this is a studio with a long history of quality. (laughs) Uh, Tragically, yeah, I'm not seeing a ton of news about this, but I think it's one of those things where, like, the moments passed anyway <laughs> obviously not a lot of people are worried about it so uh but hey if you were if you had that one in the wings and you were just waiting for your next paycheck to pick up raven's cry uh sorry not happening and if you do have a box copy i see that they're going on ebay for 51 dollars. so you made oh, wow you made yourself a whole dollar if you managed to keep that puppy <laughs> sealed uh so lots of good stuff there um other news this week that was pretty good uh two things actually kind of on the uh peter molyneux slash goddess uh front we did a big write-up on goddess like has it been a year it's probably been a year by now has it been a year already i think i think most likely a year uh we did a big write-up on it and i did a bunch of research and looked up you know all the shit that had gone down with it and uh the the big thing the the big uh to summarize like the disaster that is goddess the big issue they had is uh it actually goes back to their previous game, which was called Curiosity. Curiosity. Yeah, Curiosity, uh, where everyone decided to find out what was in a giant cube. And uh, what was in the cube? It was the opportunity to be God. And uh, this uh, sweet little boy from England named, what was his name? Brian. Brian was going to become God in the exciting new game, Goddess. But unfortunately, that feature was a, uh, what would we call these, Molyneux features? Uh, It it was a (laughs) Molyneux-specific feature, uh, which means it's one that actually never came to pass. So Brian never got to be God. He never got his revenue share that was promised to him. He did Um, get one thing. What did he he get? AIDS. (laughs) I don't know why I asked that. (laughs) Fucking question. Did they they mail it to him or did they inject it directly into him? This is some, this is some conspiracy level shit. Now <laughs> I think they they called We're him saying in, that Peter Molyneux gave a boy AIDS. They they called him into the office and they sat him down and they're like, okay, why don't you just wait here for a minute and we'll be right with you. And then boom, someone got him with a syringe and just we know who got him with the syringe. Yeah, well, there's only one person devious enough to give a young boy AIDS. Who is that? It's Peter. Mo- it's Peter Molyneux. <laughs> Hey, if you can't beat him, join him. All right. So, um, 
So old Petey uh, got onto the the Twitters this week, and uh, he went ahead and let everybody know that. Um, well, actually, first off, let's talk about let's let's do Game Bundle real quick because uh, there's this new site. It's called GameBundle.com, and uh, they're not actually selling game bundles yet, but they are basically a startup that's looking to kind of tackle Humble Bundle, I think. And uh, they are, as of the recording for this, I want to say they're like 20 days away, 23 days uh, from doing their first bundle. And I believe their first bundle that they've decided to launch is a bundle where a portion of the proceeds, uh, I think up to $10,000 of the proceeds, uh, go to Brian so that he can be uh, kind of, you know, given a little reward for waiting so patiently for Peter Molyneux. So these guys aren't associated with 22 cans or, or Peter Molyneux in any way. Um, obviously it's kind of a weird, like first bundle to do. Uh, and a little bit, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like using a charity program to get a guy a deep dish pizza. So because this is their first time that they're ever doing this, uh, I think there's actually a higher percent chance than normal that, uh, they won't do it. <laughs> And I just may call me vindictive, but I think that is the funniest idea in the world that this co- other company would come along and be like, don't worry, Brian, we got your back. And then they wouldn't deliver either. <laughs> They're like, oh, actually, we can't. Sorry. Kind of like releasing the same game twice. I'm sure this will happen. I'm sure Brian will get all the bucks that he so deserves. Uh, I don't think Brian cares. Like, like, that's the thing about it. No one ever mentions Everyone else cares a lot more than he does. Ah, I mean, he's done he's done interviews. He did two interviews with Eurogamer, and uh, I don't think he's like I don't think it like ruined his life like they'd like to write the headline for it. <laughs> um, but I think he is. He does come across as like kind of annoyed. Um, <laughs> like, what's the what's the, even the point of this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. It's very strange. Um, so anyway, Peter Molyneux gets on Twitter, Twitter this last week, and uh, he writes two tweets. The one that says that uh, he is retiring, and I believe also that they're stopping development on Goddess. That was the other one that uh, went out, and um, it turned out that he got hacked. And Peter, I figured it out. I figured out how you got hacked. I think. Okay. Like the day before this happened, he used some company called 25 trends to analyze his twitter timeline oh god and like their whole twitter page is in like persian (laughs) (laughs) i think it's pretty obvious um where this problem came from uh i'm not saying i think the one time i was ever hacked i was um i made the mistake of accessing a weak connection overseas it's like that's why that's it. It's like you know you get some third world country your details and yo sorry I'm it's not Persian I'm a racist piece of shit it is uh, Egyptian or is it I don't know maybe is Egyptian a language still <laughs> Arabic social media analytics they're based in Cairo so uh, it, it, this yeah it's not in hieroglyphs from what I can tell. <laughs> I mean, if, if they weren't hieroglyphs, he would really have a problem. Wouldn't that be kind of sweet if they were, though? <laughs> like, just a bunch of hieroglyphics. I'd use that. Your social... We have scanned your Twitter, and we have determined that your profile is two birds and guy-making pose. <laughs> He's like, oh, thank God. I was worried it would be three birds. I mean, I guess it means, like, um, 
King Tut is accessing his uh, Twitter profile to troll people. <laughs> so don't panic. Uh, everything's going great. Uh, they've they've said they're issuing some kind of statement, and then they didn't. So things are pretty much going just the way. <laughs> it seems like things are going oh, just the way that they always did. Well, let's see. Maybe they did by now. Twenty two cans. Let me check before I talk out my ass. Okay. No, nope. you do that. <laughs> They said there was an announcement coming up, and we haven't seen it yet, so... What do you, th- what do you think we'll see first? Raven's Cry 2? I'm sorry, Raven, Raven's Cry 3? Or Goddess? Well, I mean, we see, we, we see Goddess. You can go buy Goddess right now. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's we winning in that regard. Uh, have it, it, nobody's played it, I guess, huh? Isn't it? I think it's free to play, isn't it? Oh, is it? Oh, fuck no, it's 1999. With mostly negative reviews. <laughs> The top review, the one listed as most helpful, is a giant middle finger in ASCII. <laughs> so that's terrific. That's just totally completely fantastic. So things are going pretty great here. <laughs> but anyway, that's the that's the treat there. So yeah, don't worry, never fear. Goddess is things are going great with Goddess, and uh, <sighs> everything's fine. So never panic. So the video game industry is doing well. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I think I think for the most part, things are going pretty great. So I, far, lots of good news for everyone. Molyneux is staying in the business, so everything's well. <laughs> Thank God, I was so worried. Um, not much else on the news front. I think XCOM 2 reviews are starting to hit. It looks like it's going to be good. Um, that comes out Friday, I want to say. Friday and uh, and then Firewatch. I think. Why is... did uh, Doug sound like a teenage girl at going to a rock concert? Doug's pretty. Friday! Doug's pretty psyched yeah! for for XCOM too. Aliens, yo! Is that your favorite? <laughs> is that your favorite parts? The aliens. Is that is yeah. that is that is that your teenage girl voice? Doug? This is this is Doug's sister Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how are you tonight? Doing great. So how are Eli- you, Elizabeth? What's your favorite thing about XCOM? It's aliens, and you get to like pick your armor, and like you can make it pink. Oh yeah, that is. Uh, what grade are you in, Elizabeth? Uh, I'm 23 and a half. Okay, so not in a grade anymore. No, I still am. <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> what grade? Uh, I don't remember. Like the eighth, maybe. Like the eighth grade. And so, did you play XCOM the first one? Did Doug let you uh, like use his computer and play that? No. So you he just said it's too violent. So you just know that the new one has aliens and you like that. Yeah, I love aliens. What other like alien media are you are you digging? Alf. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that a little isn't that a little before your time at, at twenty three? It's the only TV show Doug lets me watch. Oh, so he's giving you like his old VHS tapes for it. And, no, uh, he uses beta tapes for Alf. Oh, he's got he's got the beta tapes for Alf. We still have a beta player, right? Of course you do. How how could you not? Uh, that does that sounds like that sounds like the cheap ass uh, frugal Doug that I know keeps his Betamax player. Well, uh, you can get them real cheap at the DI. That's where he takes me to get Alf DVDs. Oh, okay. I mean betas. Okay, yeah, yeah. To those who don't know, the DI is uh, Utah's equivalent of Goodwill. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, that's that's perfect. That's great. Um, well, thank you, Elizabeth. For, for no joining. problem. I'll let Doug get all back on the podcast. I hope you'll stop in again sometime because that was really informative. <laughs> Just for you, charity. 
Oh, yeah. She's she she's always had a little crush on me. It's Get out of here. It's kind of weird. All right. She, she, she's gone now. She's gone now. OK, good. Hey, Doug, your sister sounds hot. Yeah, she sounds <laughs> she sounds super hot. She's not. Uh, I mean, I've seen her, so I know that she's not. But man, that that voice is uh, that is a voice of angels. How how not hot is she? Um. Okay. So imagine uh, Christina Ricci's forehead, uh-huh. um, paired up with like uh, Miley Cyrus's cheekbones. Okay. And, and then uh, uh, I think the bottom half of her face is kind of like uh, oh, what's her name? What's her name? Uh, Angelina Jolie. Hmm. So, her breasts are concave. Her breasts are concave, though. That eh, I'll make it. I'll make it work. Doug, give her my number. That part's disappointing. Um, but yeah, no, uh, she's she's great. We'll have her on again sometime. <laughs> um, I'm so I I just got super lost. What the fuck is Pony Island, Jay? Uh, <laughs> that's a great segue. Um, <laughs> Isn't it? Actually, this is where I feel like Elizabeth probably would have had the most to say about ponies. But uh, maybe we'll bring her back some other day and we can chat about it. But what what I saw you hop into it. Did you just get this today? Uh, I got it last night, actually. Oh, okay. So, uh, run me through it. What What is happening? Okay, so you're a pink pony. Okay, I like it. You're running through a field. Uh-huh. And then you have to jump over fence posts. Oh, okay. And you get to the end of the level, and you get uh, you level up. What And, like, when you level up, do you get, like, uh, new powers that let you... Nah, you just level up. Oh, okay. Just go to the level and... It just yeah, says you level up. Basically it. Was this game sent to you by Blackshell Media? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Pony Island, after you're done doing that shit, after you're done, done running through a field for a couple of levels, what you find out is that um, you're actually a damned soul that's stuck in hell, and your punishment is to play Pony Island. Oh. That's the only thing you're allowed to do is play Pony Island. So your, your, your mission eventually gets to be to uh, hack the game and figure out a way to get out of out of hell uh, using the po- Pony Island application. So it's like, it's it's kind of like it's 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 weird because I played um, Oxenfree and Undertale and her story and all that shit leading up to this, and it almost feels like all that shit was like the pregame to Pony Island because mm-hmm. this game is like super meta and it's really about um, you know exploring your desktop and finding different ways to interact with the game. And just figuring out how to crack a code. And there's actually a ton of like super challenging puzzles in the game. I didn't actually expect it to be that hard when I when I downloaded it. Uh-huh. Um, because you just have like these these just tons of different kind of uh, logic and navigation puzzles that you have to complete in order to execute your different hacks and um, you know get your different parameters right and that kind of stuff. So it's it's a uh, it actually gets to be a pretty interesting title after you look at the surface. And so how I came about this game is I was just kind of looking in my um, my, my my new games tab. I saw Pony Island. I said, what the fuck is this shit? I clicked on it, of course. Um, and I watched the trailer. The trailer impressed me. Then I saw it had like an overwhelmingly positive on Steam, which is the only way you ever know a game is good. Anything right, lower than that. Very reliable metric. <laughs> um but yeah, and and I, I played it, and it's um, quite a challenging, fun little puzzle game. 
in the no. long run. And, and, and you still run around as a pony, but you, you get power-ups later on that you hack in to the game, such as wings and lasers and all that shit. Your description kind of gives me like a like a frog fractions vibe. Does, <laughs> yeah. that, does that sound like a fair comparison at all? That, that, that sounds like a very fair comparison. I mean, shit, maybe this is frog fractions too. For all we know. They, they, they held that like uh, that fundraiser and we never found out what they were releasing did it, right? Uh, well, yeah, so, uh, that was, it was a Kickstarter, and it, uh, it was successful. I don't remember how much he raised, but quite a bit, and, but the gimmick is that, uh, you don't know, he's gonna release a game with a different title, it's not gonna be called Frog Fractions 2, but inside that game will be Frog Fractions 2. So, right. So you might buy Pony Island. Oh, tessellations. And then find out that it's that it's frog fractions uh there is 72 grand oh damn and uh let's see september 23rd 2015 is their last kickstarter update so we haven't heard I mean, from them for a while how, how how meta is that that if i picked up pony island and it was frog fractions maybe we're the first ones to figure it out maybe we should ask him if pony maybe, island maybe we should frog ask fractions him. too he could just take the credit and just lie about it <laughs> that's a pretty that's good it. idea too oh yeah that's it that's the one <laughs> yep uh don't mind me just leaving the country with my seventy thousand dollars <laughs> talk to you later you could live on a beach in mexico for a while like that i guess so Tayamo beaches i wouldn't drink the water though well I you could if you too judge you could if good. you had a life straw <laughs> Every even drink fun. urine yeah i'm getting one we're drinking urine this weekend I- <laughs> have fun Knock yourself you're out. drinking urine urine party who's in oh, oh damn it if it's a party i gotta comply we uh i think you should have a party i know that, i know there's one bit where i was playing pony island and um I, i'm up to the you, your goal in the game is to delete the system's core files you have to delete third core file three sorry what, oh my god it's getting how to talk Pony so Island I, yeah. fucked you up dog <laughs> it, it really was that hard ginger ale you had it's all that hard <laughs> ginger ale you've been drinking I combined the hard ginger ale with a ton of other shit, so it's all that that's doing it. Wait, um, you didn't combine it with a soft ginger ale, did you? No, no, no. no. Combine it with a soft ginger ale. Just, just oh, Laura taps. Cool. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, everything's fine. That's so what you're holding. <laughs> you didn't mail. You didn't mail Michael some Laura taps. Yeah, stuff a couple in an envelope. <laughs> Send them my way. Send them on over. To Utah Mike. That's fine. The mailman loves stuff like that. He doesn't mind at all. All right, so you have three core files you have to delete in Pony Island, and I'm up to my um, my third one that I have to delete. And you 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 have to play a ton of other copies of Pony Island that came before in order to access this one. So you get a Pony Island 3D, you get a Pony Island text adventure, um, and then you get this is the most moment, the most meta moment in the game. It's literally called Pony Island Meta, and you click it, and the game like kind of restarts. And you just start playing it from where you left off. And I was really fucking confused as to whether or not I was still playing the game or if I was playing, like, this meta game. I found out later on that I was, in fact, playing a meta game. But I could still launch all the applications and all that other shit with the main game. Um, but, yeah, it fucks with your head. It's a game that definitely fucks with your head. And uh, it's going to give me, I think, countless hours because there's a whole ton of shit to... You know, they have your, your little... Easter eggs. You got to find your free tickets and all that shit. Um, so they got to be on pony stuff. 
Yeah, as you're doing pony stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a fun... Pony it's a fun, bitches. It's got me doing the pony stuff. It, it's a fun pony puzzle adventure. I, I think it's one of the better puzzle games I've played. There's not much more to say about that. I mean, if you like if you like that kind of idea that Satan has you trapped in hell and has you playing his, like, infernal pony game... Um, you know... Hundreds of years. I, too, have been playing a game... Hey, I was going to segue into that. Full of puzzles that oh, takes place. You've been playing a puzzle game that takes place on an island. Actually, does it? Is, does it also take place in hell? I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it could. Um, I've been spending a lot of time with uh, the Witness, the latest game from Jonathan Blow, the esteemed creator of Braid, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting i don't quite know what so i haven't put up a review on the site yet even though i'm real deep into this game uh instead i'm holding off because i feel like what i'm going to score this game is largely going to revolve around what happens at the end okay Uh, so the the witness has really like no story to speak of you wake up on this very colorful island and scattered around the island, uh, there are panels, and they can be on anything, you know, uh, sometimes they're just standing up in the middle of the ground, sometimes they're attached to doors, sometimes they operate locks, one of them turns the windmill in the middle of town, there's all kinds of shit they do. Uh, but anyway, you wake up, no explanation as to what to do, there's just a bunch of panels that you can interact with, and uh, that's it. There's no people, there are people on the island, but they seem to be encased in stone, um, some of them in uh, worse-looking situations than others. Um, but uh, there's so there's like a little abandoned town that you can walk through, and uh, often the every every zone's really kind of cleverly designed so that they all have a very unique feel to them. So, for example, one of the first sections that you go to is uh, called the Sun Temple. I don't know if that's okay. actually that's just what people have been calling it. It really has no official name, and. All of its puzzles are reflection-based, so the puzzles are all panel-based. You're always uh, basically filling out these mazes on on a panel, but they start to really kind of change them in creative ways. So when you walk up to the temple, they have a a puzzle that really doesn't seem to have any kind of solution, but if you move around, you'll notice that when you walk in a certain way, the sun will hit it just right, and you can see the outline of where the puzzle would be. and so you, you fill out that outline and it works. And then every puzzle from there on is like figuring out different ways to get the sun to reflect on the panel and uh, and show you what you want to see. And when I started playing this, I was kind of disappointed because it has this really, really gorgeous uh, world that you're interacting with. But you really don't do anything in the world. Almost all of the gameplay is tied to the uh, the panels and so it just seems like a bummer to walk into like a pretty forest and then look at a panel and fill out a maze on it. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, having said that, and I don't want to spoil too much here, uh, there is basically, I would say there is actually kind of two games. Uh, one that you don't know you're playing when you start. And I don't even know if I can get any deeper than that. But let's just like a good game. I no, no, not necessarily. Uh, but there's some pretty heavy duty secrets uh, that you find in this game, and, and there's actually probably 
there's uh, an amount of content that's equal to or perhaps even greater than the amount of content that you're playing just through the normal panels. Um, well, Jonathan Blow sounds like a genius to me. He certainly thinks so. Uh, and this game really shows that. So I, I guess if I was to if I was to cite like my core issue with the game, uh, it's probably related to story or, or kind of a lack thereof. So... Uh, every time you you finish like a section in the witness, there's a little cannon that comes up and it fires a laser off into the sky, and they all shoot towards the top of this mountain. And if you go up to the top of the mountain, and you can go anywhere at any time for the most part, uh, and so if you go up to the top of the mountain, you'll see that where they're shooting, they are eventually going to open a box. There's a, a box just chilling out. Uh, at the top, some guy, I, I think there's two guys encased in stone fighting over it, if I remember right. Um, and so how much I enjoyed this game to some degree is going to have to hinge on what exactly is in that box. Uh, that's going to have a big effect. But if, but if you open the box, you're God. I, <laughs> that, that would not be good. That would be bad. What um, if it's Marcellus Wallace's soul? But so, well, so I have a theory. There's, there's two ways that I think this goes. And I, I don't know yet. I haven't finished the game and I've avoided spoilers pretty well. I think, one, you open up the box and the screen, like, uh, you know, kind of there's a big burst of light and the whole screen goes white and then it slowly fades to black and then the credits roll. I think that's one option. Sounds about right. Two, I think that maybe you could open it up and it's something really retarded like knowledge. I actually really, really think, <laughs> I really, really think that you're going to open it up and a bunch of like sparkly things are going to come out and fly around everywhere and you're going to like hear some kind of voiceover. It's like, it's knowledge. Ham <laughs> <laughs> sandwich. I'm so serious that when I say that this game could totally do that and I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Um, there are all these audio logs scattered throughout the island, and I would love to pick one up and have it be like, day 10 of the experiment. This went wrong. If we carry on like this, something terrible might happen. Like, that's what I want to see. But instead, every log you pick up is like an Albert Einstein quote or uh, <laughs> some kind of philosopher. I'm trying to think of some of the other. They're so bad, man. This this well, game. He, he, he wanted to make... Um... Uh, feature films and not porn. He, he wanted uh, I, to. I forget, I forget what he said exactly. He said he said that uh, he said all video games are porn. Oh, he he basically said that. Thank God. Uh, I I'm trying to find the quote, but I typed Jonathan. I do Blow. I do masturbate furiously while playing Call of Duty. I typed Jonathan Blow porn into Google, and it is not coming up <laughs> with what I wanted. But it's something good, right? Uh, Jonathan Blow and Vanity Fair Smackin give it. the most pretentious. Here we go. Uh, here, let's, let's read his exact quote. I don't want to mess this up. Uh, he says, let's see. It's a very good jacking it noise. <laughs> yeah, that's actually not bad. <laughs> uh, it's because I was really doing it. All right. Well, fair enough. They're using one of those sites that don't link. Oh, for fuck's sake. Why is this so hard to find? Uh, anyway. Jonathan Blow's gone around and he's done a lot of, uh, you know, like like promo uh, stuff to talk about the game. And in his quotes, they're just insufferable. Like, I think him as a person uh, probably makes me dislike the game even more. <laughs> uh, 
and I, and it shouldn't. It should have it should have absolutely no uh, effect on it whatsoever. Uh, but but it does. And the thing about it is is the puzzles. Uh, they start off really basic, and you're kind of like, "This is stupid." But then, as you start to go along, each of them begin using the environment and incorporating pieces of the environment in a way that's passive, but also a way that's really cool. And uh, I, I actually, I, I've grown to enjoy it a lot more than I did when I very first started. Uh, there's a very specific moment that I got to where up until that point, like I'd never thought to look around the world. And, and But when I did, it immediately gave me the solution to the puzzle. And then it sort of felt like the whole island maybe wasn't as big of a waste, right? Uh, and it's difficult to talk about those puzzles without ruining stuff. This is a game that uh, I've spent probably a combined 20 hours on, and I'm, I think you have to get seven lasers to finish the game, and I think I have four, so things are going pretty slow. Uh, it, when it's hard, it's really fucking hard, uh, and it's very hard not to look up solutions, and I'm totally not going to lie, I have cheated and looked up solutions, uh, because otherwise this could be like a, like a hundred hour game. Like it's ridiculous. Actually, it'd probably just be a game I'd never finish. I think there are puzzles in this game that I just flat out would never finish. I absolutely believe that. Okay. Let me ask you, Jared. So you get all seven lasers, you go up and you open the box. What is the best thing you could find in there? (sighs) At this point, like what's going to make you super happy with this game? Porn. No, nothing. Because uh, uh, the game's done almost nothing to build up like a mythology of what's in the island and, and what's going on. So I I don't know. Uh, Jay's, uh, Jay's is actually pretty good because I like how audacious that would be to go out and <laughs> criticize every video game as porn and then make the big secret in your game porn. Like that's that would be amazing. What kind of porn? <laughs> I don't even care if I open it up. <laughs> Alf porn. If I open up that box and it's just two dicks going in, uh, you know, each uh, each orifice, just a real nice close up of that, uh, and just like a, a a little shot of that, that would be <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. Um, I got into one room that had a really hard puzzle, and I unlocked this pattern, and it didn't tell me what to do with it. It's just a pattern on a piece of paper. And uh, so I I, uh, took a screenshot of it, and then later on I found the device that would accept that pattern. So I pulled up my screenshot and I put it in, and I unlocked a video of some BBC documentary uh, with with James... Oh, shit, what's his name? Uh, No, that's not his name. Uh, I can't think of his name now. James Martin, I think. But either way... uh, it, see, and again, I'm hoping for like a hint about the world, and instead I just get oh James Burke. It was James Burke, and instead I get a clip of James Burke talking about knowledge. Uh, this uh, game is just really up its ass sometimes. Uh, here we go. If every movie were a porn movie, most people wouldn't see movies. The majority of games are basically porn. The onus is on us to make more things that are worth a reasonable person's time. So there you go. I gotta say, uh, I'm, like, looking, I I'm looking at Braid for the first time, here. and it looks super stupid. No, Braid, Braid's, I, I, Braid's great, but it's not like it's not the uh, it's not the game changer that it thinks it is. Is the problem? You guys got a little tie. I think, I think, yeah, I Jared's so, the only reasonable one of us because he's the only one playing the witness. I'm never going to play it. I. I, I don't know. Um, I've I've really enjoyed playing it, uh, especially with other people. Uh, playing it in a group is a lot of fun, like tackling the puzzles and looking at it. And I've had some really great moments uh, solving stuff in this game. And when I very first discovered uh, kind of what I would describe as this meta game, 
uh, I was pretty thrilled. Um, but then I started realizing how big the meta game is and how I'm never going to be able to finish it on my own. And now I'm kind of less thrilled about it. Um, so, so speaking of meta game. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I have one other thought. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not segueing yet. Go ahead. I have one other thought on, on The Witness. And uh, I think, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but when I was in, uh, maybe I have, so whatever, we'll talk about it one more time. When I was in kindergarten, the very first day of kindergarten, we got to class and there was uh, a, a cutout, a paper cutout on the, on the wall of a mountain. And at the very top of the mountain, there was a set of doors. And uh, our teacher told us when we got to the top of the mountain, behind those doors, we would find the most important thing in the whole wide world. Was it your reflection? That's pretty hype, right? And so every day we'd have a lesson going up the mountain where we'd talk about like today's subject is friendship. And she'd have these, she had like these puppets or something and they'd learn a lesson about friendship and then they'd go up the mountain. And then when they get to the top, they're going to find the most important thing in the whole wide world. And you already guessed it, but when you're in kindergarten, it's a little harder (laughs) to, to guess that. So Skeletons. you get up to the top, she opens the doors. What's on the other side? A piece of tinfoil, because she couldn't get a mirror, I guess. <laughs> so you couldn't really see your reflection in it, but she just explained to us that uh, uh, we were the most important thing. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I remember thinking in kindergarten, that is so fucking cheap. Like just from, <laughs> from a narrative perspective, that is the cheapest fucking move in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. And I just, from that point on, I was disappointed forever uh, <laughs> with, with stuff like this. And I feel like The Witness has literally recreated exactly that. A mountain with a, with a hidden thing, and I know when it opens up, there's nothing for me except disappointment. There's no way around that. Uh, lesson learned. So I, I, I was going to um, just describe, there's one thing that, uh, that I wanted to talk about with uh, Pony Island. Oh, yeah. So when you when you load up Pony Island, it looks like it's in this weird kind of um, letterbox format, right? And you can see the Steam overlay um, under it, I guess, over it, whatever. And it looks like a glitch, right? It looks like it's fucked up. Um, and I kind of just ignored it. I'm like, you know, this is a kind of insignificant glitch. I'm not going to go out my way to try and fix it. And then at some point in the game, um, Jason starts cursing me out, like on, on Steam, in Messenger. Like, what the fuck is wrong with it? Like, why is he cursing me out? Um, and then I go to, uh, then I, I close out of Steam. I see Jason has sent me like zero messages on Steam. Um, I go back into the game and the game says, oh, your friend seemed pretty angry. And I, I, I just realized that, uh, Pony Island pulled a clever little trick on me. That's actually, that, that is actually really cool. <laughs> it's a cool idea. Um, I, it reminds me of, uh, I think we were talking about Eternal Darkness the other night. Um, Oh, I love Eternal Darkness. Shit's great. Great game. Too bad we'll never see anything even close again. Yeah. Maybe uh maybe someone Until can kickstart. Until we kick die. <laughs> Until we die. <laughs> 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 That's that wasn't a joke for you, Jay. <laughs> Actually made me depressed now. Are you sad now? Because you won't <laughs> well, go to heaven. Well. Don't worry. It's not too late for Elizabeth at least. Hey, <laughs> you guys! Welcome back. Have you been listening to the recording? Yeah, it's really good so far. What uh, what game do you think you would play? Um, 
The Witness sounded pretty good. You like the sound of The Witness? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think that that would probably be a good one. You should ask Doug if he'll buy it for you. It's only $40. He's shaking his head. He's shaking. He doesn't want to. I don't know why you wouldn't pay $40 for it. Uh, people freaked out about the price, and I would clarify that that's really not that bad. Like, I've definitely gotten $40 worth out of this game. And if you don't cheat, you're going to get a lot more than that. So. $40, that's a lot. Oh, you... Doug's saying I have to go. Bye. Oh, okay, see you later, Elizabeth. It's great to hear and from you, her. You could get uh, four cases of beer for that much. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you could you could get hmm. a, quite a bit of beer. So, I mean, you know, take it into consideration. Uh, would it take you 20 hours to drink that beer, though? Um, How good is your liver? <laughs> it's doing all right. I think... Okay. Uh, I think by the end, though, I think by the time I finish The Witness, it will probably have been like 60 hours, maybe 40. You think, you, you think your liver will probably die by the time you finish The Witness? Probably 40. I think that things might not be going great by then. We'll, you, you'll need a liver we'll transplant. See. It depends on how much I want to cheat from here on out. Uh, a lot of the puzzles are kind of set up in such a way where like, I understand the concept. And so at that point, the puzzle is kind of dead to me. I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys, but like, um, if I... If I understand the concept, but you've just made it so cumbersome that I don't feel like solving it, I, I feel like that's not a great puzzle. Uh, right. And there's also a couple of puzzles in The Witness, if I did have another small criticism of it. There's a couple of puzzles that are basically just, this thing is hard to see. Like, your view is obstructed. You need to fill this out, but your view is obstructed. And I don't find those to be good puzzles. I think that's lazy. So, that's, that's my opinion. But uh, for the most part, it's pretty solid. And if you can, uh, you know, if you don't mind, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a bunch of audio logs with Albert Einstein quotes. Like if you can get past that, there's there's a lot to enjoy there, I think. Should we talk about Oxenfree? Sure. So I know even with the review, uh, I mean, it, it's obviously an adventure game, it sounds like. It didn't sound very puzzly. Not really. I mean, it's it's kind of like the new school adventure games where um, there's not a whole lot for you to think about. So kind of more, would you describe it closer to like, a, I hate the term, but a walking simulator? Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, I feel like there's a little bit more to it than that. Like, mm -hmm. it's definitely not in the camp of like, um, it, it's a step above Gone Home and her story in terms of uh, gameplay. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like a minor step above. Uh, there's, definitely, there's definite moments where you kind of just have to be paying attention to things, and um, there's a little bit of interactivity, but but the bits of interactivity kind of feel insignificant, I guess. Like like you can literally not have it and have the same effect. Like you, there's nothing gained in terms of gameplay or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, since since teenage girls are so popular on the podcast tonight, that's what this is about. The Oxen Freeze game. He plays a teenage girl, and she gets a new uh, stepbrother, and they're off to bond on like this abandoned island. Um, God, I'm not really sure where, off to where it's bond, set. eh? <laughs> <laughs> Doug, that's that, a creepy old man voice. That's the teenage girl you're talking about there. Oh, on the Enemy Slam podcast. What episode one of them? They were gonna bond like a sisterly bond. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Like the Gilmore <laughs> Girls. Yeah. Are the Gilmore at, Girls sisters at the genitals? The sexiest of sisters. Are the Gilmore Girls connected at the genitals? Um, the Gilmore Girls are not connected to the genitals. Gen at the genitals. Oh my god. Oh. Um, what show did I watch then? <laughs> you watched something way different. Um, well, it was really good <laughs> for for a bit. 
<laughs> God, this shaman's so fucked. You watched Scissor Sisters 4. Could be right. right. I, I heard one of the Gilmore Quick Girls was, in fact, not invited back for the reunion. Well, I don't think she was a Gilmore. It's Melissa McCarthy, everyone's favorite female comedian. Uh, oh. And uh, she's, uh, I guess, yeah, there is Netflix doing the reboot? Someone's doing a four episode. It's not a reboot, but a reunion. And uh, why do I know this? Why do I know so much about this? <laughs> I was yeah, what the fuck, Jared? What, what's the Gilmore Girls about? Because I don't know. I honestly don't know. Here, let's Google this. Are the Gilmore Girls sisters? <laughs> I think they're, they're not. Are they the not? One's a mom, one's the daughter. Oh, what is her daughter? Yeah. Alexis Fidel uh, is the that's daughter. That's Elizabeth telling us it's the daughter. Wait, and they're doing it? No, no, no. That's that's the Scissor Sisters. They're doing huh. different stuff. Oh, good, good. I think Alexis Bledel still looks pretty good. The mom, not so much. Was she ever like a superstar, though? Like, No, they were never, not, neither of them were ever very big. I remember Alexis Bledel from Sin City for some reason. She's only in it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Alexis Bledel really was in weird. Mad Men. She looked pretty good. It's got really weird the second Doug mentioned... Um, a brother and his teenage stepsister going off the bone. So tell me more about Oxenfree and the Gilmore Girls. Well, wait, it's a stepsister? Then I go back to my original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, her her brother time. died. Her brother died. Oh, and, no. Um, and and their their parents, you know, parents of her and her, and her brother meet up or whatever, and now they get married. It takes place in the 80s, so, you know, there's still a stigma attached to... Um, having divorced parents and having them remarry and all that kind of shit. Um, which I think if you're going to set a game kind of in the eighties, a lot of video games seem to do that nowadays with no other intention than to, Oh yeah. Hey, look at us. It's the eighties. We're so clever. So, you know, it's remember when you ate cereal back then. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. So, you know, Oxenfree has like an actual reason. It's like, you know, there's still a big stigma over this sort of thing. It's not just understood as a thing that happened yet. Um, and so Alex is her name. She gets a new stepbrother um, and she takes him to meet some of her friends. And you have all kind of typical high school teenage tropes. You have her kind of goofy friend who um, gets high all the time and has his band. You have like the super shy girl. And then you have the bitchy mean girl who is uh, one of the central antagonists of the game. You go out to this island and on the island, there's like this uh, little urban myth that goes around that if you bring a, a transistor radio and you tune into the right frequencies, you can hear really strange shit. So you bring your radio, you open it up, and you tune into the ghost dimension. Um, oh, I love the yeah. ghost dimension. Yeah, and then you basically you basically tear that open, and you and your friends are all possessed, and you just run around the island, and a bunch of weird shit kind of happens. So here's the cool thing. It, it, it obviously takes like a lot of cues from um, Silent Hill. Just kind of in terms of its design and how the radio functions as a warning device and um, switching you between worlds and all that kind of shit. And, um, you know, just just I, th- I think even one of the sound effects is ripped straight from Silent Hill franchise. Um, and you kind of you kind of go and you, you have these different interactions um, with the ghosts using your radio, you know, you eventually find out, I guess this is a, a spoiler, but you eventually find out that the ghosts haunting the island were these um, 83 people that had died in a submarine that crashed on this, this island. This island used to be a military installation. And, um, you know, you, you basically tune into their, their world and, and uh, all this weird shit happens. So 
you know, the, the, the challenge, quote unquote, the challenge is, is whenever you end up in kind of a puzzle area, it's usually indicated by a glowing red light, a sinister red light, whatever. You have to use your, your um, radio to find the right frequency. And that's about it. There's like not a whole lot that happens beyond that. It's just kind of like you're spinning the dial around, trying to figure it out. Oh, you lock into the frequency. Um, and now a bunch of weird shit is going to happen. Then um, every once in a while, the ghost will want to play a game with you. And that's uh, one of the few kind of actually challenging sections of the game because it requires you to really have paid attention to information that you got earlier on or paid attention to your environment. It's a game where you like, if you shut off, you might kind of uh, miss what the game is asking you to do. Um, and that's nice. It's like, it's, it's, it's a nice little bit of interactive engagement, but that's all there really is to it. Other than I guess a, a faint relationship mechanic where you can manipulate how your friends feel about you and how they feel about each other and all that kind of shit. And other than that, um, it's a very kind of low level of interactivity. So, I would say it definitely, it definitely reminds me of the new kind of Telltale games and of um, Life is Strange and all that, where it's really kind of hard to fail. You know, everything's kind of set up for you. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's a shame that it's like that, because even in the sections where you're challenged by ghosts, it feels almost immediately like there's no real consequence to that. Like the ghosts will, um, I'll give you an example, early on you have to play Hangman with them, uh, and you have to tell them, you have to select the right yes, answer. If not, that's a popular ghost game, especially <laughs> submarine, <laughs> submarine ghosts. It, it, is it? What? Wouldn't it be sweet if like the ghosts were the Beatles, <laughs> and they all died on the yellow submarine? Um, so you have to play Hangman with them, um, and you know Hangman works. I guess it's five or six questions or whatever. And if you fuck it up, then um, you're hanged and you die. That's it. But their hangman game ends after three questions, and that's not enough to hang you. Uh, so you realize that soon the game is over. Oh, there's no danger at all. It's just kind of they're just kind of mocking me. And the same thing happens later on, where it's like, okay, each time you fuck up, we're gonna take away one of your friends. And I'm like, oh shit, I can't let that happen. Um, I let it happen. My stepbrother got taken away. But then as soon as the game over, my stepbrother was back. And I'm like, oh okay, so there wasn't really a consequence there. You just kind of said there was a consequence. Um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate uh, that that happened because it really diminishes the um, the atmosphere that they set up. They have this really kind of creepy, spooky atmosphere. But once you realize you're kind of perfectly safe in a game, then there's nothing to really threaten you. Um, yeah, and I can't I can't think of something that kills like a, a horror vibe more than knowing that there's no consequences. Yeah, exactly. That just it uh, it doesn't really doesn't really work. Like I need the exact opposite. I need a horror game where it's like. Not only are you going to get caught, but we're going to erase something out of your documents folder on your yeah. computer. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So like, one of your family like, members dies. One of your family members dies for real. The developer comes <laughs> and he gets them. Yeah, yeah. If they die in the game, they die in real life. Like, I would have loved that. If my, if my stepbrother were gone forever, I'm like, wow, and I really fucked up. Um, maybe I'll play again in order to make sure that doesn't happen. But it, it, he came back. He's like, you know, he just, he just scalded at me. He's like, next time, try harder. Okay. Um, the other the other thing that that kind of bugged me about this game, you know, there's there's one more little, um, I wouldn't even call it a puzzle. There's one other mechanic where you kind of have to tune in um, some magnetic strip tape um, that they use to play really old reels and all that kind of shit in order to fix the timeline. You can you can get trapped in a time loop every once in a while, 
again, just like the hauntings scripted. So, you know, you're never going to run into a time loop. You can usually tell when they're coming up. It's like, oh, this is a brand new map. I'm going to get stuck in a time loop. Um, and you could fix the time loop by, by fucking around with these little tape players. But that's like something that if it weren't in the game at all, you wouldn't miss anything. Um, but the last thing that really bugs me is that it has like this dual tone thing. And, and I guess, I don't know, I guess, Michael, you played Silent Hill 3, right? Oh, yeah. So Silent Hill 3, I think, you know, it's it's a scary game until like Heather opens her mouth and then she has some kind of witty one-liner or whatever. Um, that's At least that's how I felt. Like, I felt like the main protagonist just kind of um, deflated the tires on Silent Hill 3. Why, and Octo- why is it that when you want to write, like, a female teen, the only thing that you can write for them are zingers? <laughs> I'm Because I've talked to a lot of female teens, and I don't today. Well, we've I, been talking to Elizabeth all night. And yeah, I don't. And cl- clever things are not what they say. Elizabeth is not full of zingers. Like, she doesn't roll in and be like, hey, bazinga, guys. I got it. Here's one. Here's one for you. <laughs> she's not in the room, so she's not coming. No, that's what I didn't want. I, I, that's good. <laughs> you didn't miss her. I find, she's not full of zingers. I find her zingers insufferable. Yeah, it's it's like weird. It's like the oh, it's the American teen girl. She's so clever and and always has something um, witty to say. And she's not a dumb, stupid bitch at all. <laughs> well, they're not. Not not not. Um, you know, I've been, I've interacted with plenty that are intelligent. I've been even interacted with a few that have have the zingers. But I understand what Jared is saying. It's like every single time you have one, um, it's always like this this witty character. And and then I guess. Um, I, was it Jared that said this? Like he hates it when they confuse like having sarcasm with having a personality. Right, and that's what these games do a lot. You know, they they it's a, it's a sarcastic witty character in place of actually having a personality. Now the thing with Oxenfree is you kind of craft her personality, so it's kind of up to you. Um, but there are these times where the game will take the driving wheel and just automate her speech. Um. And, you know, it doesn't vary. It's not like Pillars of Eternity. So it's just it's just going to be whatever was previously scripted for her. And then she's just going to come out popping with these with these one-liners, with all these witticisms. And her friends are equally sarcastic. You know, it's like watching Veronica Mars or something, where everyone's sarcastic all, this, all the time. Um, and that's definitely a style you could go for. Like, that's great for a comedy. But it's not so great in this thing where everyone is possessed by ghosts and we're like in the first 15 minutes of playing the game you watch someone jump out of a window in front of you um and splat on the ground it's like you know it it just clashes it's kind of two different tones competing in the same game um you know i i and i I liked it i feel like now i'm watching this is like my witcher 3 i'm talking it down i like the game (laughs) uh quite a bit but there's just a lot of things that it does that i guess not only unnerves me in this game but unnerves me in other kind of uh, video games that i play as well I think the example that I gave when I was discussing uh, sarcasm as a replacement for personality was a game called Lifeline. And Mm -hmm. uh, I've never talked about it on the podcast, but it came out last year and it's kind of a cool idea. It's basically an app that you download on your phone and uh, you get a message when you open it up from an astronaut and he's crash landed on a mysterious alien planet. And for whatever reason, his communication system is just connecting to you. 
And it does this neat thing where he basically asks, like, what do you think I should do? Should I go check for survivors in the ship or should I start trying to find shelter? And so you tell him what you think. And he's like, OK, I think uh, I think checking for survivors is probably going to take like two hours. And so he's like, he's like, I'll be right back. And then in two hours, your phone gets a push notification and he tells you, like, this is what I found. What should I do next? And then it just kind of continues like that. And it's sort of like a choose-your-own-adventure game, but it's metered out in such a way where it feels very real, mm-hmm. um, be, at least if you can keep up with the notifications. Obviously, life can interrupt that, and so it kind of kills it a little bit, but uh, when, it, when it works, it works really well. But the issue, and you can go play this game to see a great example of this, is the, the lead character basically has a zinger for everything. And and he's an astronaut who just crashed on a planet. His entire crew is either missing or you can find one of them who dies of really, really grisly death. And even then, he's still just like loaded with zingers. Like, right, he's, exactly. He's going. And so he'll like he'll be like, should I climb down this hill? And you're like, yeah, go ahead and climb down the hill. And he climbs down it. And halfway through, he like hits a rock and misses and falls and like lands on his hand and shatters his like fingers. And he's like. Well, I think all my fingers are broken, but on the other hand, I'm completely fine. And it's like, oh, you, what a, what a that, hilarious joke! You gotta I, keep I feel, your spirit, feel, spirits up in space, Jared. I, I know, but like, you can't just be a downer all the time. Like if you were on Earth. But I, 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 I know what Jared's getting at because I'm feeling the same exact thing in Oxenfree. It's like you know this, it's it's like really horrific shit that happens um, on this island. Like it's it's really horrible. And then the the game. There's one point where the game keeps reminding you that, oh, by the way, your real brother is dead. Isn't that great? And five seconds later, she's like, oh, hey, guys, I have a, I have a witty joke for you. Um, so it's it's just really. It's, yeah, like, I, it's like if at the end of Terminator 2, when Arnold like is going slowly down into the lava and instead of doing the thumbs up, he like blows a raspberry or something. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's uh, there's something about it. that's just does it doesn't work. It, is it hot in here or is it just me? Is it hot in here or is it just me? And then like a fart sound effect, right? <laughs> it's just... Right, that's, that's exactly it. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like I, I feel like I talked down Oxenfree more than I meant to. I I liked it. It's um it's I, I guess there's multiple endings and um you know I only got one. I don't know I don't know whether I like it enough to go back and do it again to get a second ending. Um, you know, and as I said, you, there are different ways you can take her personality and her engagement with her friends. The one thing I liked about the story, you know, is that it felt like, unlike a lot of the video games I played, it felt like there's a reason that she was a teenage girl. And it felt like there's a reason it took place in the 80s, where a lot of games, it's just like, oh, we have this fun, quirky teenage girl character and we take place in the fun, quirky 80s because whatever the fuck, that's who we are. Um, and it doesn't mean anything. But I feel like in Oxenfree, they at least had... Uh, some enough narrative reasons for it that it all kind of made sense in the end. Least, um, I mean, quirky teenager is better than quirky astronaut. Like I understand that a little more. Uh, I'm not saying that you can't be an astronaut and have a great sense of humor. I'm just saying, that, you know, it's it's a little less weird. To, I don't know. Like, I, I why do you I, hate I, astronauts, Jared? Did Did anyone besides me get all the way to Paranormal Activity Four? God no. <laughs> I I saw I don't the, know what that is. I saw the first one and I saw it in theaters and it worked uh it actually worked pretty well I thought uh until there was a part where there was kind of like a bad special effect for it and it made everybody laugh and it completely killed all the tension for the rest of the movie. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah they, they couldn't do that. But I feel like Paranormal Activity 4, that gives you the kind of uh, a quirky teen girl, you know, stuck in a horror movie. She's, uh, she's I guess she's 14 or whatever, and um, um, it's, all the, it's all the typical shit you would expect. And yeah, she's a wisecracker, and she likes to have fun, and she has her friends. But the second the horror starts, she stops with all that shit. She's like, oh man, really fucked up shit is going on. And I'm really fucking scared. She sees you know? a, she sees a guy explode, and she's not like that had to hurt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I wouldn't actually I wouldn't actually recommend the movie. It's not a very good movie, but her her character was good at least. I wouldn't recommend believable. movies either. Yeah, Michael officially recommends no movies, uh, or games, <laughs> or I, anything really. I feel like it's kind of the I've same thing. A good game. Uh, what have you played that was a good game? In life? Yeah. Chrono Trigger. <laughs> Chrono Trigger, there we go. <laughs> I had a feeling it'd be old <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Um, no, I, I, I get what you're saying about Oxenfree and, like, the negative criticism thing, because, like, I feel like I just talked a bunch of shit on The Witness, and there is a lot of shit to talk, but if I didn't enjoy it, I certainly wouldn't have spent 20 hours on it. Right, exactly. So, exactly. And, I, and I, sp- I spent a decent amount of time in Oxenfree. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people kind of run through it and, and clear it anywhere between like two and four hours. And I spent my time finding all the Easter eggs and all that shit. So I have a good amount of time in it. It's like, I, um, if I, um, if I open up that box and it's like, it was knowledge, the game's a three. <laughs> if I open up the box and a little, like, uh, a little tiny leprechaun midgety creature pops out and starts playing a kazoo solo, then it's a four. I thought, it, I thought, it, I thought it was, um, I thought it would get a four if you open up the box and it was um, a stepbrother and stepsister sneaking off to an island to bond. Maybe. It it almost it entirely hinges on what's on that box. Uh, there's no <laughs> scenario where I give this game a five because it just it doesn't have that coming. Uh, but there is definitely a way that this can go right. And uh, and I'll do I'll do the metagame, too. I'll cheat and do the metagame and see whether or not that's, you know, any better. Uh, so we're talking we're talking about we're talking about Oxenfree and the Witness and um, Pony Island, but the one that's going to kill all of these is coming out pretty soon. Uh, I think we're all talking about Firewatch. Yeah, uh, next Tuesday. Uh, they actually just announced the price today, and how much is it? It's actually more reasonable than I expected. I thought they were going to ask for like thirty, maybe forty. Uh, they're only asking for twenty, and it's on sale for seventeen. That's not too bad. That's not bad at all. Uh, so I'm going to be. I'm gonna be catching a bunch of teens skinny dipping real soon here. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get your ass talked down to for a bargain. I it's gonna be pretty good. I I'm looking forward to it. Uh, still, <laughs> I and I'm looking forward to giving you a hard time about it. I haven't seen anything that's going to dissuade me so far. I'm I'm very interested in what exactly is gonna happen. But what I can on also on top of the mountain, there's a box with like hope inside. <laughs> oh, see and like I yeah I mean that would be bad that's gonna be if it, if that's how it ends that's gonna be a bad sign the power was inside you so like one of the trailers for Firewatch teases like a, kind of a danger thing where you get back to your tower and you find that it's been trashed or whatever and you ask the person like hey did, who did this and she's like I don't know I've been here the whole time or something or it, it has like a moment like that where where it's like we're not alone up here you know and uh, I feel like... But it's a national park, so why would they be alone up there? I feel like what that's building towards is probably nothing. Like, there isn't, like, a malicious person or anything like that. 
It was just someone who like came up there and left the door open and everything blew over or something. Uh, but anyway, it all the trailers kind of hint at like a l- something a little sinister going on. And I really want them to deliver on that, but I have a feeling they're not going to. <laughs> well, it kind of, because I mean, we never talked about um, Life is Strange, right? And and how it ended. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were building this big mystery of, oh, you're never going to guess who the bad guy is. Um, and you guess like who exactly who the bad guy is, but even worse, it was kind of big plot twist mm-hmm. um, where I, I guess every single episode you have to save your best friend, the blue-haired teenage girl who's always got the wisecracks. Oh, the one's always um, shooting herself in the face. <laughs> right, the one who's always shooting herself in the in the face. And um, Team girls, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> always wisecracking and shooting their faces off. <laughs> this one's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you get, you get to the end, and the big lesson is you can't save her. And it's like, ah, uh, shit. Uh, yeah, just wasted, wasted a whole bunch of time. There's not even, like, a real mystic ele- element to it. It's just, like, just this stupid thing that, oh, I really wanted to save her. That's why I could time travel. And then I lost his power. I really wanted to do a ton of things, and I couldn't time travel. This Maybe it's about the illusion of choice. I hesitate to use the word trend, because maybe that's not... I, I, I'm having trouble thinking of other examples of this. Um, but I feel like Gone Home kind of started something where, like, they build up this thing, you know, and build it up and build it up and build it up. And then the twist is it was nothing. Yeah, exactly. And like, exactly. It, it worked that one time, <laughs> but I'm getting real fatigued with it. And if Firewatch builds up this thing and the twist is it's nothing, that's going to kill it for me. That's, it was a deer. It was a deer. Well, how about her story? That that had some good twists. I got spooked by a deer. See, her story was good because it built up this thing, and then the thing was actually like that was it. And actually, yeah. her story was way more fucked up than I even thought it was going to be. Like exactly. My my brain's going like, oh my god, I think it's this. And then when I found out what it actually was, I was like, oh shit, that's mess- exactly that's right. It's like it's, it's great. It's, it it works out to this like one thing, and you're like, oh, I figured it out. And then something else starts happening, like, oh, this is the real shit right here. It's I, like I actually really, I really, really liked it. Uh, I liked how it, it does uh, what I think is a pretty amazing job at letting information unfold, like, in, in whatever order I want. Yeah. But it still felt really natural. Like, I don't know if I found the twist earlier than other people would have, Um but like, there's some, there's definite moments in that where I'm like, oh man, like you, you feel like you stumbled upon it. And uh, well, it it, it it feels like you're actually recreating this like um, this narrative, and then it 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 feels very intentional that it's taking you in this one direction, only to pull you in a completely different direction. I think every everywhere that it wants to take you kind of really works really well. Yeah. Um, because some crazy shit happens in that in that narrative. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really really crazy stuff. Uh, I think it's uh oh, it's back up to five ninety nine. I was gonna say I think I picked it up for for 3.99 and i would recommend that to anybody at that price like it's it's short it's like probably two hours uh maybe maybe three if you want to uncover everything and uh it was it was totally worth it i I don't think it's like game of the year or anything like that like some outlets do but um i definitely uh it it was different and it was really fresh and and uh i had a lot of fun it's by the same same guy that um worked on silent hill shattered memories which i think People only didn't play that game because it was on the Wii. Um, and Silent pretty Hill good reason. Lost its, lost its, its, um, its um, fan base by then. But 
Shattered Memories was actually a really good Silent Hill game. It's not like a traditional Silent Hill game. So if you're expecting to do a whole bunch of exploration and running for monsters and all kind of stuff, it has a different approach to it. But the narrative in Shattered Memories, it's kind of like her story, where the narrative unfolds kind of according to you, and the ending is kind of based entirely on your actions, and um, it does this kind of um, um, behavior reading thing that they wanted to do in Intel Dawn, but didn't pull off. But Shattered Memories pulled it off really well. So this guy keeps doing whatever he wants to do, whether it's another narrative adventure like her story or another horror game like Shattered Memories, I would you know, jump on the chance to play something else by him. Well, he's been, he's actually been teasing, uh, her story too. So I would plan on that happening. Uh, I have a feeling it won't be the same woman, but that'd be, that'd be interesting too. So you killed again. (laughs) So so (laughs) things got worse. Yeah, things got worse. You, you, you get up to these shapes. Oh, you, you're a very, very bad girl. That's the thing. Um, I yeah. say you've been a little naughty. Maybe she comes out with a bunch of one-liners. I hope so. See, and, and that's <laughs> another great example of like uh, I wouldn't say I don't know if I don't know if you'd say she's likable. She's likable enough, mm-hmm. um, but she's not like she again. She's not uh, dishing out zingers all the time. I just no more zingers. <laughs> that's my rule. Just just no more zingers. I and more importantly than that, I think the important thing about her story is it's a return to uh, full metal or full metal full <laughs> full motion video games. Finally, the triumphant return of FMV. Uh, oh, thank God! I'm ready. Or for full it. metal video. Full metal video. All right. So well. is that like is that closer to Full Metal Jacket or is that more like a Full Metal Alchemist type thing? Uh, mm, uh some kind of somewhere a little cross between the two. I think. It's actually okay. more like Taxi. It's more like taxi. <laughs> Strangely enough. So, anyway. right. so it's taxi. A plus. I think we hit on everything today. I think we, I think we nailed it. Knock, knock this one out of the park, boys. Hooray! Uh, After, next, kaboom! I guess next week, week. Uh, we were talking about doing the live podcast next week. Um, Lucio won't be here. I, I don't know. That's it feels kind of wrong to do something exciting like that without him. We'll see. I'll kick this around a little more. We can just do another regular boring shitty podcast. See what we can co- yeah, maybe we can do another one of these. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're definitely going to talk about Firewatch. Yeah. Uh, and depending oh, on, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, depending on how many teenage girls we talk about, we might need to censor it. Maybe I'll take a day off work for it because uh, it comes out that day, so I'm probably going to oh. I probably won't have played too much of it. I, I'm gonna I take the day off to write all my witty zingers. I, I very much, I very much apologize because we talked about Pony Island and we talked about Oxenfree and her story, but I didn't get a t- chance to talk about hurting dog. Oh yeah, that sounded like you said hurting Doug for a minute, and I was like, that sounds, that sounds like quite a game. It's pretty hard. Just got. <laughs> think I'm going one way, but then I'm like, zoop! I want the other one. He's a tough guy to hurt, you know. He's a, he's a, he's a real zigzagger of a fella. It's always going zoop. All right, well, maybe we could save Herding Dog for, for next week. <laughs> um, if you enjoyed our podcast tonight, you should go subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can find us at enemyslime.com. You can write to us at contact at enemyslime.com. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter at The Enemy Slime on all those services. So go check it out. Go watch our uh, excellent Helldivers video where we... Uh, ruin some guy's day. Uh, and I want to give a big shout out to uh, Ragov 
And I want to give a big shout out to all the blue-haired, witty teenage girls. Yep, we're, we do this for you guys, really. 